Welcome to episode 216 of Hit the Mic with the Stacey Harris. All right, here we are in December. Isn't that crazy? Um, it's December. So today we're going to talk about Facebook groups because this is the time of year that I see a lot of people uh, evaluating their businesses and evaluating what worked and evaluate, evaluating what didn't work. And for those who aren't doing that, well, you should be because it's really important to see to see what worked, what's driving traffic, what's not driving traffic, what's driving engagement, what's not driving engagement, what's driving sales, and what's not. Because these tools are only useful, these tools are only even relevant if they're actually working for your business and your brand and moving you and your community closer together. If they're not doing that, then they're not really that important. Uh, no matter how many people tell you you have to be on Facebook, uh, if, it's, if it's not working, then you need to do one of two things. Uh, one I would suggest more than others. The first one is ditch it, and I don't super recommend that unless you've you've already done the second option a couple of times, which is tweak it. Uh, see what's working and what's not working within that uh, so that you can do more of what's not and, and less of, or more of what is and less of what's not. So today I want to talk about one of those things that I see a lot of people doing because it worked for somebody else, but I also see a lot of people doing very successfully. Uh, and so that's what I want to talk about, and that's Facebook groups and and building your own Facebook groups, specifically the launching of it. And so maybe you are sitting in a spot right now where you're saying, my Facebook page took such, such a downturn this year. I've got no organic reach. No one's paying attention to me. No one's talking to me. My, my message just isn't getting seen so that it can be engaged with. And maybe you see somebody else in your industry or in uh, an industry adjacent to yours or a mentor of yours who's launched Facebook groups and done amazing things with it and it really helps uh, and you're hearing from everybody and their brother that that's the only way to go on Facebook now. First of all, don't ditch your Facebook page. Just don't. And if, if you need to, check out Hit The Mic TV. There is an episode why I say, when I explain all of this. But, but don't ditch your Facebook page. But absolutely, starting a group could be really, really, really powerful uh, to, to couple with that. So that's what we're going to talk about. And so the other side of it, you may be sitting in a space where you're like, well, yeah, Stacey, I knew this 8, 10, 12 months ago, and I started a group. And it's doing nothing. There's no engagement. No one's talking. Nothing's happening. It's not driving sales. Uh, it's just as quiet as my page. So what am I supposed to do? And so what I would encourage you to do if you're sitting in that second camp is to sort of relaunch the group. You're not going to start a new group. You're not going to uh, to to delete everybody and start over. What you are going to do, though, is give it a fresh start, a blank slate, and move forward uh, from where you're at. So take the things we're going to talk about today, uh, even if you do not have a group yet. If you do have a, if you do not have a group already, uh, then then absolutely, this is going to be made for you. I mean, we're going to be talking about actually starting the group. So the first thing I want to talk about is is what a Facebook group is, why it's important, and the kinds of Facebook groups you can have. So a Facebook group is a a community of people sort of a subset inside of Facebook. So you can have a timeline that's just for the group. You have a, a, a topic-focused place where you can really engage with the other members of that group. Uh, and it's important to have that because there are a billion people using Facebook. Uh, and you want to make sure that you are 
sitting above the noise for the people who you want to be in front of. You want to make sure that you're creating an environment and a community that people respect and engage and want to be a part of and take action in and and do something with. And if you don't have that set up yet, then you are really going to be hurting your chances of really making Facebook work because any social media channel, I mean, you can put this in the terms of a LinkedIn group or or a, a Twitter chat or or anything, you know, a Pinterest group board. You need to make sure that it's a quality space that represents your brand and that really feels like a place where people can connect with you uh, and can connect with the things that you think are important, the message you're sharing, whether you're a personal brand like me and it's, it's literally connecting with you, or if you're a larger brand or an organization and it's about connecting with your message and your 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 core beliefs and, and your brand sort of mission statement. Whatever it is, it really comes down to that connection and community. And that's really why a group can be really powerful for someone who is just not getting any traction on Facebook. So what types of Facebook groups are there? There's three kinds of Facebook groups. Um, and this may be redundant for some of you, but there is oftentimes something in the redundancy that sparks something for us. So, so please stick with me, even if this feels super redundant. First kind of group is open, and it's just like it sounds. It's a totally public group. Anybody can join. Uh, anybody can see the content. Anybody can see who's in the group. Uh, you do have to be a member to post to the group, though. But to see anything anybody else has posted, you don't have. All you have to do is find the group. It's findable via search. Those kind of things. <coughs> Excuse me. So that is an open group. Second is actually my favorite kind of group, and that's a closed group. A closed group is private but searchable. So if you put in hit the mic VIP, you will find the VIP community for uh, for this very show, which is awesome. What it allows me to do is when I set up my opt-in, I can actually have a link that someone clicks on and requests to join. That's something that's unique to closed and open groups. They're not possible in the third kind of group secret, which we're going to talk about in a second. So with that, though, when you find the group via search or you click on the link I sent you, you cannot see what people have posted. You can see who else is a member. So it allows you to keep the content of the group exclusive to the members of the group. And that is really important depending on the kind of community you want to build. If you're looking about uh, at, at creating something that's more a message board format, that's more uh uh, open and, and maybe uh, a support piece for something, then that's okay. But if you are looking to cultivate a private community where people can share information and and get feedback and talk about things, then closed may be the way to go because it allows you, again, to keep the content of the community exclusively available for the members. Now, I want to say this because I feel like I always have to say this because it's so important. Realize that nothing you post on social is actually private. Nothing you put online is actual private. It's accessible to anyone. Uh, it never really goes away. Somebody can screenshot something in a group and share it. Obviously, that is not something you should be doing. I absolutely discourage you from doing that kind of thing unless you have permission. Maybe you're screenshotting a win someone shared. Then then you ask them permission. I've done that uh, with Hit the Mic Backstage where I've had people leave fantastic testimonials on a video they watched. And I said, would you mind if I screenshot this and share it uh, as part of the marketing for backstage? And they've always been super gracious and always said, absolutely. And if you want, I'll write you a better testimonial. Um, but always, always make sure you're asking. But be aware, anything you post could end up public information, could end up out there 
for the world. But with that said, a closed group does keep that filter um, so that you do have to be a member to see the content. But again, you can see who is a member and it is searchable. The third kind of group available on Facebook is a secret group. Secret groups are not searchable. You cannot send someone a link and they request to join. You have to actually add them. Uh, all of the members are private. All of the content is private. There's no way to see the group unless you're supposed to see the group. These can be really, really powerful if you want to set up something, you know, for you and maybe some mastermind people that you're working with or an accountability partner or if you have a really small exclusive program. Uh, maybe, you know, and I saw someone do this and I cannot remember who it was. I'm so sorry. Um, who did this for her, uh, it was a client of mine. She did this for her one-on-one -on -one clients. She had a, a, closed group for her programs, her passive income piece, um, but for her one-on-one -on -one clients who just worked with her one-on-one, -on -one, there was no group component to the to the the coaching program, she had a secret Facebook group that she would add them to so that they could support each other, so they could get a little bit of that accountability and support and feedback from each other um, while working with her one-on-one. -on -one. So they kind of got that benefit of a group program from the sake of they had a community who was also going through the stuff they were going through, um, but they didn't have like group lessons or anything like that. It just gave them someplace really private to connect. Uh, this could be really powerful if you are somebody who runs, um, you know, life coaching or relationship coaching, someplace where they could connect, but they're still working very much so with you one-on-one. -on -one. And this allows you to, to invite them and it's not going to be something someone stumbles upon, sees that they're in it, and, and requests to join. And you're not going to have to filter a lot of those requests, especially if you work with a very limited amount of one-on-one -on -one people per year. Um, the client of mine that had it set up, set up new ones for each year. Uh, and so she had, you know, maybe a dozen in each for the year. The thing was, it's kind of slow at the beginning because there's maybe only a couple of people in there, depending on how many people you work in there at work with at a time one-on-one. Um, but it could be a really cool bonus or you can put them all in one group or however you want to manage that. But that's, that's a way where a secret group could be really beneficial for your business. I, again, when I use secret groups, it's for masterminds, accountability partners, um, for us to have a sort of staging area to have conversations or get feedback or, Hey guys, this great thing happened. I wanted to share it with you without having to get bogged down in emails and group emails and remembering to hit reply all and things like that. And so that's where a secret group comes in really, really powerfully. For my money though, um, closed groups are my favorite. They are the ones that I tend to default to um, because I just think it's a better option. So that's the decision you're gonna have to make. What kind of group are you doing? What's the point of your group? And now you're gonna set that as, as initially up with what kind of group you have. Next, I wanna talk about your group foundations. The things you need to have set up, they really help foster the kind of community and the kind of atmosphere and the kind of activity you want in the group. Um, first, know who you want in the group. You know, just like ideal clients for, for programs or podcasts or content we write or books we write or, or you know, video series as we create or opt-ins, whatever else, you need to think, who are the people I want in this group? Where is the community that I want to see uh, spending their time, what resonates with them, all of those things, figure that out for this group. And then you want to set your rules, guidelines, whatever you want to call it, that, that tells people kind of how it is in your group. Uh, are, you know, it, it's where you're going to talk about, is promo allowed? If promo is allowed, is it sort of open season or is it 
uh, in one post on Fridays or one post whenever you post it. Um, how do they introduce themselves? What can they expect? Is there a freebie that goes along with the community? Where can they send questions? What are their expectations for this group? This is really where you're going to to set that intention and expectation for the people who join this group. And this is publicly viewable. The description of a group, even in closed groups, is viewable to someone as they request to join. So this is a really great place to give people an idea of what they're going to see inside so that they can decide whether they want to join or not. I then reiterate uh, some of these rules or regulations in some of my groups in a pinned post and inside the group so that once they get in, they can kind of see a breakdown. And some of the great things I've seen people do with this is have a video that gives them a breakdown and that's what's pinned to the top. Um, I often do text. I also use that pinned post for news. So I'll, I'll sometimes update that from time to time. Um, I run a, 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 a group for local women entrepreneurs here in Phoenix on Facebook and we use a, a pinned post to sort of give people an idea of, of how to behave in the group. You know, we try to keep the promo uh, not to nothing, but to people who are engaged in the community in other ways. So you come to the meetups or you, you, you're offering support here in the community, whatever it is, that, however it is you're engaging, you are engaging. You're not just coming in to, to spam the group. Uh, and so that breakdown is in a pinned post. And as we have... Um, changes or tweaks that need to be made or reminders that need to happen, that that post gets updated. Uh, so use that as your sort of your one-two to set those guidelines. But you'd be amazed. Sometimes I hear the pushback I get on this is, well, I don't want to set rules. This is a group for grown-ups and they'll know how to behave. But here's the thing, as limiting as the idea of a rule feels, it's also super freeing because instead of sitting there staring at their computer screens going, I don't know what's okay to post and what's not okay to post. I don't know where I I can share this. I don't know if I can share this. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I don't want to make anybody mad. Uh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Is this okay? When you have guidelines for a group, when you have expectations set, they know what they can post and it, it invites them to engage because they don't have to worry that it's not okay. Because they know very clearly it is or it's not. Or they know how to, okay, I really want to share this win, but I need to make sure it's not as a promo. So maybe I'm sharing that I launched my new program, but there's not a link. However that is, but you set the expectation of what happens in this community and what kind of things they should be posting. And the, the really, the ongoing part of this, the really important sort of coupling with this is leading by example. Over and over again, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, you are going to need to execute in the same way you want them to execute. If you say flat out no promo in your group, I should not see promo from you as a group leader in the group. That's not cool. Um, be the kind of member you want your members to be. Meaning, share your wins, share your struggles, ask your questions, ask for feedback, uh, share your stories, share your promos, whatever is okay in your group, whatever you're trying to foster, Bring that up, lead by example. It allows them to relate to you. It allows them to connect with you. It allows you to show them and model how you want them behaving. It allows you to do all of that really, really, really simply uh, without a lot of extra stuff in the way. And so I really encourage you to, to find the way that, that works for you. And then setting those guidelines and executing on that over and over. Okay? 
All right, so that's my sort of rant about guidelines. The last thing I want to talk about is adding members to the group. And this is always the important part is how do we actually get people in there? First, I want to talk about the biggest way I want you to not do it. I don't want you to start adding people. I know I'm going to give a lot of people sort of the benefit of the doubt. I know a lot of people think that's going to send an invite, like like when you invite someone to like your page. And so, it, you know, they get a notification that so-and-so has invited you to like their page. That's not what happens when you add someone to a group. It's not an invitation to join. You've actually added them. And in a lot of cases, they're going to start not only getting a notification that you added them to the group, but they're going to start getting notifications of the things that are posted. So be aware of that because you want to make sure that those invitations are turned into messages or Facebook ads or an invitation to your email list or email or whatever versus just adding them and not inviting them. Okay. So that's what I want you not to do. What I want you to do is do exactly what I just said. Start including this in your content, talking about it in in Facebook groups where that's okay to talk about, um, sharing on your page, sharing on your other social media channels, inviting your email list, because as you start getting members in, you will see that you like attracts like, how about that? You will see that the people who you wanted to be there will bring more people like them. Uh, and so then start fostering the community and keep it a place people want to be uh, and people want to share with their friends. I really encourage taking advantage of launch of the idea of launching this like anything else. Take advantage of Facebook ads. Again, email your list, tell your community, tell your network. One thing I will say on the adding them, when you start a Facebook group, you have to add one person besides yourself to it. I always add Charles because he's the right-hand man here at the Stacey Harris and he helps manage a lot of these things. Uh, if you have a VA, you have, you know, let them know. If you have an accountability buddy, this is what I did for a long time before Charles came on, is I had accountability buddies and I'd say, okay, I'm going to start this Facebook group. Um, I'm just a heads up. I'm going to add you. I can remove you right after, but I need somebody to start the group. And it got to the point where we just sort of knew. I would get added to a group. She would get added to a group and we'd see who it was. And we're like, okay, so Stacy's starting a group. Not a big deal. Uh, And so I will let you know that. But beyond that, you should not be adding people after that. So again, run Facebook ads. Talk about it in your content. Add it to your opt-in. Email your list. Tap your network. Invite people. Post it on your Facebook page, your Twitter accounts, whatever. Um, Make people aware of what this community is, the expectations, why it's worth their time. uh, And then execute on that. Lead by example. Uh, And that's how your Facebook group is going to grow. That's how you're going to launch that group. And I think that's an important word. And I I sort of breezed by this earlier, but launching this like you would any other offering is really going to help give it some legs. It's really going to help it see the growth and the ROI and the value for not only you, but the the members, the people who join, the people in your community. Remember, they're investing in this too. They're investing their time in being a member and paying attention to what you have going on. You need to make sure they have a return on that investment as well. It's not just a matter of you having a return on your investment. All right? All right. So that's my long, ranty episode about starting a Facebook group. If you have any questions or you want to see how I sort of do this in my own group, be sure to join us in the VIP community. If you want to learn more about Facebook groups, we have some information in the Rockstar Guide to Facebook, which is exclusive for Hit the Mic Backstage members. Uh, And we also have a webinar I did uh, with Rebecca Dixon in the uh, Hit the Mic Backstage area. So that's a really great way to get some information from people who are actually doing it. And we, we seriously, we talk about how we started our groups. And she talks a lot about 
um, you know, how she's grown her groove and things like that. And so those resources are inside of Hit the Mic Backstage. You can learn more about those those uh, resources and all of the resources in Hit the Mic Backstage at hitthemikebackstage.com. And if you have questions for me at any time, of course, the VIP community is the place to go. The stacyharris.com slash VIP. Links to everything over the show notes. The stacyharris.com slash episode 216. All right? Okay. I'll talk to you next time.